Good morning, Flagler County, and welcome to Veterans on Point, a WNZF radio show developed in mind for our county's beloved and respected veterans population and anyone else listening via internet or podcast. I'm your host, David Lydon, the Flagler County Veterans Services Officer, and naturally I'm here with my friend and colleague at the office, Eric Flores. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Dave, and good morning to all our listeners out there. I hope, hope, as always, that everybody's doing great health-wise and enjoying this cool weather that we had lately, but it's still cool and nice. Yes, you're here in Florida, and if you're lucky enough to live live in Flagler County, you are lucky enough. If you're out, you feel like you're inside, you know, still nice. (laughs) And uh, just so you know, we're going to, you know, go through the uh, top of our show, but we have a guest in the studio today. It's... It's Mr. Joe Pepin, United States Marine Corps veteran and past commander of American Legion Post 115, also known as Santa Claus. So we'll be talking with Santa Claus today. And this, because today is Christmas Eve, Christmas we're airing Eve. this on Christmas Eve. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever floats your boat. Yes. And uh, we'll be talking with Santa. But let's move on to our, say hi to our League of Loyal listeners. And of course, Billy Jones, its leader, with uh, his wife, Joe. Thanks for listening, uh, Joe and uh, Billy. And they're, they're actually uh, be listening on podcast, uh, I think, or via Internet this week. All right. Um, Master Chief Dan and his wife, Kay. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Master Chief, condolences again to your yes, brother. our condolences. I noticed uh, you recently went up to Pennsylvania and said goodbye to your, your uh, brother, Jim. Then we have our Marine pal, Jeff Kingdon, the woodworker, does all kinds of plaques for the, uh, for the community. And he's, uh, he's going to be out there in Colorado visiting his grandkids and uh, his uh, daughter. So I uh, hope you're doing out, fine out there, Jeff, and enjoying Colorado. Then we got Talking Tom and Charlie Hanger, Charlie Hanger uh, and his wife, Jenny. And uh, then we have Valerie and Sharon and, and, that's, and Bill. And uh, let me see who else. We got a couple. Jims, Jim Howard, Stephen Emmett, James, another James. That's a James M, a James T. That's James T. Miller. We got Mr. Holt that was in the Sierra recently. He said he's been listening. So, uh, Mr. Holt, thanks for uh, checking us out. Got James the Mail Maid. We got the Gallaghers. We got Bill, who was uh, was Veteran of the Week last week. And we have Don, the sergeant major, and we've our command sergeant major, and then we got Dell and Michael and another James, a firefighter, and then Bicycle Frank. Oh yes, Bicycle Frank. He said everybody in Benel will know him as yes. Bicycle Frank. So, uh, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for listeners, and Dave, I forgot to uh, give our condolences to the Woodward. Uh, That's right, the sergeant uh, major. Yes, Mr. Woodward uh, recently passed. He was a Marine Corps vet there. Um, Joe, so unfortunately, uh, yes, our condolences to the Woodwards. And so, Veteran of the Week. This is another, he was a Marine, then he, then he con- uh, converted over to the United States Navy, Mr. Pepin. So this, so <laughs> this week, uh, George Hudson is in the, will be in the Palm Coast Observer as our Veteran of the Week. As you know, uh, the Palm Coast Observer is nice enough to highlight a veteran. And uh, so Mr. Hudson was a United States Marine from 1968 to 1974. Then he had a break in service, and he went into the United States Navy from 1978 to 1992. And by all accounts, I'm afraid uh, 
Marine, he seemed to enjoy the Navy much better. <laughs> but uh, he was a petty officer first class when he got out of the Navy or retired from the Navy. And he was a boatsman's mate. His hometown is Midville, Georgia. So George enlisted in the Marine Corps at 19 years of age and was trained as an explosive ordnance disposal technician. A dangerous job indeed. He was sent to Vietnam during the Tet Offensive and was twice wounded in combat, receiving two Purple Heart medals and the Combat Oxygen Ribbon. After his six years of honorable service to the Corps, he was also awarded the Vietnam Campaign Medal with Device, Republic of Vietnam Cross um, of Gallantry with Device and the Vietnam Service Medal. Four years after leaving the Marine Corps as a sergeant, Hudson longed for military service again and joined the Navy. He enjoyed life as a sailor so much he made a career in the Navy, retired, then joined the Military Sea Lift Command as a civilian sailor and served another 24 years at sea. Hudson has particularly fond memories of serving aboard the USS New Jersey during his Navy time and loves to share those stories. This seagoing veteran chose Palm Coast to retire in 2006 with his wife, Karen. He enjoys retirement by cooking, caring for his home, and doing some occasional traveling. George Hudson, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you, Mr. George. History remembered by Veterans on Point. As regular listeners know, we like to mention a historic event from each of the days of our broadcast week. It hopes, we hope it gives you something more to remember, something to think about, go back and read more about. Veterans make history and are largely responsible for us being able to have a history. We mentioned the good, the bad, and the weird. No one country or people is perfect, but there is no better place on earth. The world is safer and more prosperous because of the United States of America. Prove me wrong. No, they can't. And Santa, nobody has proved me wrong yet. <laughs> uh, Mr. Holt said he, uh, you know, he found the history last week uh, interesting. He went back and, and read and more about it, about the, yes. the Pueblo. So yeah. that's what we hope is that you, you know, hear something like this and maybe... Maybe you'd go and, uh, and refresh your history. Okay, so December 24th, 1955. Um, every day of the year, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, defends North America using an all-domain, globally integrated approach to track everything that flies in and around Canada and the United States. On December 24th, NORAD adds a special mission, Tracking Santa. Like many origin stories, NORAD's mission to track Santa began by accident. In 1955, a young child trying to reach Santa dialed the misprinted phone number from a department store ad in the local newspaper. Instead of calling Santa, the child called the Continental Air Defense Command Operations Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Air Force Colonel Harry Shoup, the commander on duty that night who answered the child's phone call, was quick to realize a mistake had been made and assured the child he was Santa. After more incoming calls, Shoup assigned a duty officer to continue answering calls, and a tradition was born that continued when NORAD was formed in 1958. Each year since, NORAD has dutifully reported Santa's location on December 24th to millions of children and families across the world. Because of the support, services, and resources generally provided by volunteers and our government and corporate contributors, NORAD tracked Santa and per persevered for more than 65 years. In fact, what started because of a typo, has flourished and is recognized as one of the Department of Defense's largest community outreach programs. Each year, NORAD tracks Santa's website. Uh, the website receives several million unique visitors from more than 200 countries and territories around the world. Volunteers typically answer more than 130,000 calls to the NORAD 
Track Santa hotline from children across the globe. What do you think about that, Santa? That's a lot. Boy, that's wonderful. It that is, is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So who invented Santa Claus? The legend of Santa Claus could be traced back to a monk named St. Nicholas, who was born in Turkey around 280 A.D. St. Nicholas gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside helping the poor and sick, becoming known as the protector of children and sailors. St. Nicholas first entered American popular culture in the 18th century in New York when Dutch families gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of St. Nicholas. Dutch for St. Nicholas, or St. Or Sinterklaas, for short. Santa Claus draws his name from this abbreviation. In 1822, Episcopal minister Clement Mark, uh, Clark Moore wrote a Christmas poem called An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas, more popularly known today by its first line, "'Twas the night before Christmas." The poem depicted Santa Claus as a jolly man who fly. Are you jolly, Santa? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He flies from home to home on sled driven by reindeer to deliver toys. The iconic version of Santa Claus as a jolly man in red uh, with a white beard and a sack of toys was immortalized in 1881 when political cartoonist Thomas Nast drew on Moore's poem to create the image of old St. Nick we know today. So... Uh, that's that, Santa. We're going to get to real, talk to a real Santa here pretty soon, but we'll continue on with the history. And this is not a this is not a joyful one, but I just want to remind people that on this on uh, December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six, John Benet Ramsey was found deceased in her home. This six year old beauty queen was found beaten and strangled in the basement of her family's home in Boulder, Colorado. The crime remains to be unsolved, and the case remains open. So. I, uh, I I wanted to mention that one because I think it's long overdue oh, yeah. for somebody to come forward with some information so that this little girl can have uh, some justice. On December 27, 1932, at the height of the Great Depression, thousands turned out for the opening of Radio City Music Hall, a magnificent Art Deco theater in New York City. Uh, Radio City Music Hall was designed as a palace for the people, a place of beauty where ordinary people could see high-quality entertainment, since its 1932 opening, more than 300 million people have gone to the Radio City to enjoy movies, stage, so, stage shows, concerts, and special events. On December 28, 1846, Iowa becomes the 29th state in the Union. On December 29, 1845, Texas becomes the 28th state in the Union. And finally, on December 30, 2006, Saddam Hussein, the former Iraq dictator, was hanged. So uh, that's our history for this week. Um, we got some joyous things in there. We got some sad things in there, but you know we're telling the truth here. It's still and uh, we uh, we shift from history right to drivers, drivers, drivers. The DAV is seeking volunteer drivers to take their take veterans from their homes to their VA appointments. Please call the DAV Chapter eighty six at three eight six four three nine two one two two. And find out how to become a volunteer driver. You don't have to use your own vehicle. The DAV does have VA vehicles. You do have to be vetted, so that you have to, you do have to be insurable. And um, it's not a full time thing that you do, you know, forty hours a week or anything like that. You just go on a list of volunteers. So if you're able to do it on a particular day, then that's great. If not, they move on to the next volunteer. So please volunteer yourself. And uh, as Bicycle Frank will tell you, 
the uh, DAV uh, got him to his appointments recently, and it was a great service. And we know it gets used a lot, right, Eric? Absolutely. This is one of the best uh, services that you can provide as a volunteer here. And so uh, I know Santa would approve for uh, you to volunteer as a driver. Please uh, volunteer. Please, please. Thank you, David. Which brings us to Santa, a chat with Santa Claus. I don't know if we don't have no fire in here, so it's not a fireside chat, but, but there is a little Christmas tree in the corner, and right next to the Christmas tree is Mrs. Claus. She's, in, she's a little shy to get on the radio, but um, that's Dee Pepin, and Joe's here. Joe, tell us how you became Santa Claus. Well, as you know, I am a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and that's a pretty tough life. It's pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I met my now wife in April of 1978. Now, here it is, Christmas of 1978, and she had a Santa's outfit, and she thought it would be nice if we went to her mother's home dressed as Santa and Mrs. Claus. And I, I was for it. Uh-huh. So we got over and had a nice chat with her mother. And her mother said, why don't you take a walk through the neighborhood and wish the children a Merry Christmas? My wife and I said, no, that's fine. This was in Connecticut? This was in Connecticut, mm-hmm. yes. So we were walking. And we came upon a house with a little girl, eight years old, standing at the door, saying to her mom, Mama, Mama, look, it's Santa Claus. Well, I started to approach her, and her mother said, Oh, no, please don't come near. My daughter has measles. Well, I'm Santa Claus. You're protected. I am so protected. And I said to her mother, don't you worry, Santa Claus, that does not bother him. And my wife and I approached, and we had a a basket of cookies that my wife had made. And I said to the young girl, here, this is for you for Christmas. And she just got tears in her eyes. And she looked at me, Santa, you have made my Christmas. My wife then, I should say Mrs. Claus, then took the container she had of cookies and she gave it to the little girl. We walked away and I said to Mrs. Claus at that time, this is what we're going to do. Every year. You were hooked. Here we are, 45 years later. You were hooked. And many hundreds, if not thousands of children. We have gone to hospitals. We have gone to nursing homes. We've gone to convalescent homes. We've gone to parties. And you know, Dave, me as a human being, to see the children with the smiles on their face and the laughter in their eyes. They get these little marble-sized eyes that all of a sudden become 
enlarged and they're wondrous and they're so happy. That's what makes me continue. Um, uh, Mrs. Claus and I moved down here to Palm Coast in 2016. And we have been Santa and Mrs. Claus at Town Center during the month of December for the past four years. I had to stop after last year. Uh, We've gone to the Flagler County Public Library for Santa and Mrs. Claus to greet the children when they have the trees, the Christmas trees out. Uh, We've just, wherever we can do things, we go. We've been to convalescent homes to see our senior citizens. Mm Mm-hmm. Who just, they love Santa. And they, they just love Santa. Who doesn't love Santa? I know. Everybody <laughs> loves Santa. <laughs> so, what else would you like me to say? Well, Santa, let's talk with, uh, let's talk with Joe Pepin. Let's see what Joe Pepin. Joe Pepin's the uh, past commander of the American Legion, 115. So, yep. And you do some other things. Uh, you're involved with the Marine Corps League. and I am now the uh, duly appointed Sergeant at Arms of the Marine Corps League here in Palm Coast. And, and that I'm beginning to get involved in, though I haven't been greatly involved due to the fact that I was the commander for the American Legion Post 115 for the past two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I've, I've stepped down and a newly appointed a person has taken over being the commander, well, so I will say it the, gives uh, me time. Yes, I, and I'll say that the uh, post-115 uh, flourished and, and got strong under your, under your leadership. Indeed. And um, so you, you turned it over to uh, the current commander, Werner, yep. in good shape, and I'm sure he's going to... Uh, Paul Take, will do a great job. I know that. He'll do a great job too. And uh but share with the with the listeners or veterans about the importance of belonging to a service organization. Uh it, yeah, it's it's very very important in my humble opinion to reconnect with the service organization. The service organizations throughout the country are so into helping our veterans, helping our veterans' families, helping our veterans' children. Uh, we have um, uh, we have a boy state and girl state here in Florida. The American Legion sends boys to Tallahassee and the auxiliary of the American Legion sends young ladies to Tallahassee and they learn uh, politics, what it's all about, what it takes to be involved. Uh, Two years ago in Boys State, they made up a couple of bills and one of them was actually enacted here in the state of Florida. We get the feedback from our juniors that go, and that's high school juniors. And they, they are just enthralled with uh, Boys State. It, it's just a wonderful experience. They meet hundreds of other young people that are just like them. 
just as involved. And it, it's quite a, quite a nice thing. Um, our veterans need us so desperately. You join the VFW, you join the American Legion, you join the AMVETS, you join the DAV. You're helping. You're there. And you get personal satisfaction. Believe me how I know. It is so much personal satisfaction. And it brings a presence to your community. Absolutely. So so that the community doesn't forget what Americanism is and, and, uh, you know, love for your country, love for the flag. If you don't have those service organizations, who who else is going to do that? Who else is going to bring that presence? Who else is going to bring that awareness of of that uh, that love that veterans, you know, former military men and women learn and find, you know, that uh, that passion for their country? David, you're so correct. Uh, speaking for myself, and 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 I think I can speak for other veterans that I've met through the the years. We fought. We were veterans. Would we do it again in half a heartbeat? It would not take anything for us to say, let's go. Let's get this done. Once you've been in the military, for the most part, there's so much of your being that is left in the military, and you you just want to live it. And, and show America that they can also help. Our veterans never, never forget. And they should not. That's true. <laughs> they should never you know, forget. And like Dave and I always say, you know, those local or military organizations not just help the local, which is the most important one statewide. And, and there are lobbyists, you know, uh, when, you know, fighting for VA benefit and other benefit that we should get. So they're very involved nationwide, you know, with the Department of Veterans Affairs and stuff like that. So they are our lobbyists. Right. So even if you're, you know, you're a young veteran raising kids and, you know, working and you think you can't get to the meetings, you should join. Give those numbers to the service organizations because, as Eric just mentioned, they're the uh, they're the ones who fight at Capitol Hill for the ben- your benefits and for and they're the voice for the. Military men and women, when there's something that's not going right on active du- to the active duty folks, they can't say anything because they're you know they're you know they've got their chain of command and they can't go outside of that. But the service organizations can be their voice when something's not right. So that's correct, absolutely. Um, and they need a voice, and we're here for them. And you're a veteran, you're honorably discharged. Come on. Get off the couch. Get out of your chair. Come and join a service group. Come and join the American Legion. Come and join the VFW. Come and join AMVETS. Come and join DAV. Please. If you need more information about how to join those service organizations, you you can give Eric or I a call at 386-313-4014 at Flagler County Veterans Services. We've got all the numbers to the adjutants and to the uh, commanders, um, the membership drive folks, so that uh, you can join one of the organizations here in Flagler County. So um, there's really no excuse. We can put you in touch. In fact, I had a call. That, you know, we're recording on in the middle of the week here, and I had a call this morning 
from a gentleman who was listening to the radio show and wanted to know how to get a hold of the American Legion. So um, I put him in touch with uh, American Legion Post 115. So that's great. And, um, we, you know, we've got a big sign in our, our window, too, that reminds you that you can join one of the organizations. And uh, you don't have to join just one either. You can be like most of us here in the county that belong to several of them, so including Joe Pepin, <laughs> a.k.a. Santa Claus. Sure, and I'm loving it. Joe, thanks for being here and sharing that story. Thank I mean, you, it's, sir. It's, it's an inspiration you, to others who maybe maybe they want to try that out and see those those big wide eyes of the kids or the big wide eyes of the seniors in the uh, assisted living facilities because they they still love Santa too, as you said. So you can get hooked on that. You and, sure can. And so why not? Yep. Well, folks, as we're down here into the uh, under the two minute mark, you know that's time where. I say that no country, no state, no community does more for veterans than the United States of America. The great and free state of Florida, the wonderful Flagler County, the lovely city of Palm Coast, and all of our beautiful beach cities. Be a victor, not a victim. Be educated, not indoctrinated. And most importantly, Santa would say, be kind to someone today, or many someones. <laughs> And we thank you for listening, and I want, I want to have you stick around as we close the program. Stay tuned for the National Anthem, performed by 16-year-old Olivia Evans at the 2023 Homecoming at Southwest Christian Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas, who's the daughter of Joe Jones. You know, Joe Jones is on the Legal Loyal Listeners. Oh, yeah, uh, she is. So... Uh, Please stick around, uh, and that's uh, how we're going to finalize our show. And everybody have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Merry Holidays. Merry Christmas, guys. And uh, thank you, Mrs. Claus, for being here, too. Thank you. We'll see you Thanks next week, Thanks for listening, guy. folks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Merry Christmas.